The Control OAB podcast, brought to you by Astalis. Hello, and you're very welcome along to the third episode of Control OAB. I'm your host, Claire McKenna, and over the course of this series, we'll be shedding a light on a medical condition that affects almost 350,000 people in Ireland today, overactive bladder. Now, if you've heard of OAB, there's a good chance, almost one in three in fact, that you think it mainly affects women or you assume that it's primarily a condition that elderly people suffer from. So it might surprise you to learn that 52% of those affected by it in Ireland are men and almost half, 49% of the people with the condition are in the 35 to 64 age bracket. These preconceived ideas about OAB are why we've partnered with Astellas to create this podcast, which you can listen to in private and in your own time, making it the perfect place to learn about a medical issue that affects lots of people and which we don't often hear talked about. We really want to change that. So we've invited a range of healthcare professionals and patients to share their insights, their experiences and their advice for dealing with this all too common condition. Hopefully our guests will be able to give you the information you need to take control of OAB today. It's as simple as contacting your GP or even visiting oab.ie to complete a self-assessment. So what exactly is OAB and what should you do if you suspect you have it? To explain all of this and more, I'm joined by Dr. Sarah Murphy, a leading obstetrician and gynaecologist. Dr. Murphy, you're very welcome to the show today. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself and and your career before we get started? Thanks so much for having me on, Claire. So um, my name is Sarah Murphy and I'm a doctor working in obstetrics and gynaecology. So for anyone who doesn't know, I suppose that's a specialty that deals with all aspects of women's health. So the obstetric side is things like pregnancy and postpartum and then the gynaecology side is problems with your periods and then things like prolapse um, and bladder issues and that encompasses things like OAB or overactive bladder. And I think that might be a surprise to people that they would have thought reproductive organs be they for baby making or, or otherwise and they wouldn't have included the bladder in yeah, your... Yeah, I think it's it's definitely forgotten about and of course then there is the specialty of urology which would deal a lot more with the male bladder but a lot of the female um, bladder function encompasses um, comes under our specialty of gynaecology. And why did you choose this as your specialist area? Um, I suppose a couple of reasons. I think it's a specialty that really empowers women, um, and that's you know it's that's really enjoyable to be part of. Um, the obstetric side is obviously gorgeous uh, with babies, um, and it's a really um, diverse specialty. So you go from you know seeing a baby being born to doing a hysterectomy to um, meeting a woman who. Um, is suffering from OAB, you know, it's really varied. Um, it's impossible to get bored with it. And have you noticed through your time in practice and, and study, have we become more open about talking about issues or seeking help rather than putting up with something? Yes and no. I think I have, you know, I my side of it is biased because it's what I see every single day. I think if you were to talk to maybe someone in the community, like a GP or a physio, they may be able to give you a better insight. Um, Often though, we will meet women who are almost, they come into the clinic with this condition and they're embarrassed to talk about it. Um, And to us, it's it's our job. You know, there's there's nothing embarrassing about it at all. Well, let's get into it then. Mm. What is OAB and and what are the symptoms to look out for? Sure. So as you said, OAB stands for overactive bladder. Um, So your bladder is a muscle um, and it's supposed to contract or squeeze when you need to go to the toilet. And sometimes for whatever reason, it starts to squeeze or 
uh, the muscles start to fire involuntarily. And that leads to really like bothersome symptoms. So we're talking, we call them frequency, urgency and nocturia. And what they are in simple terms is frequency is going to the toilet a lot. You know, we could be talking more than eight to ten times a day, which really interferes with your life. Nocturia is going to the toilet at night. We probably all get up maybe once, but getting up two or three times um, is when it becomes bothersome. And then the last is urgency. And anyone who suffers this will know what I mean when I describe it's this urge to go and you need to go immediately. There's no waiting or holding. Um, So they're kind of the three mainstay symptoms of it. And I think you've touched on it. Most people think that this is, well, most people, about a third of people in Ireland don't even know what OAB is or that they're the symptoms associated. And then most people think it's a condition that just affects women, but that isn't the case. And when you say the 35 to 64 age bracket, like that is a young cohort. But there are things that start happening in in your body, be it a dodgy knee or, you know, a bit more of a groan when you bend down to pick something up. There's certain things that we just assume are ageing. Do you think this is what people think with, with, with this, that it's just something that they're going to have to put up with? Yeah, I suppose it is. I think it's there's an assumption that it's something that affects older women and it isn't going to affect me. But what we think is that between the ages of 40 and 70, probably one in four women have symptoms of OAB. And that's massive. Do you know, that's out of a group of friends, somebody, some of, one of your friends is probably suffering from this and it isn't something to put up with. And I suppose people would think that it's going to be very difficult to fix or they probably try and manage it themselves first. Do they try and fight the urgency or I, I don't even know how you would override those symptoms. But when they get to you, have they been putting up with it for quite a long time? Yeah, usually I think it's I don't know, is it a female trait and an Irish trait? But I think Irish women put up with a lot. <laughs> um, and often I think because it's this isn't, you know, it's not cancer, it's not going to kill you. So I think people think it's not important maybe or it's not urgent um, and there's more important things doctors have to see so they do put up with it. Um, And I think it really interferes with people's lives but by the time they come to us I think they've kind of finally said you know enough is enough, something needs to be done about this. And obviously there's nothing can be done like cutting out that last glass of water in the evening or and you don't even want to be cutting back on your hydration either do you? No and I suppose there's small things so you know there's different treatments for it but we can start with some lifestyle things so you will have a look at I suppose you know how much are you how much water are you drinking is it excessive Um, are you drinking loads of tea and coffee are you drinking a lot of alcohol are you a smoker something to be looked at and then we can go through the other treatments available as well. What is the effect of caffeine on our bladder? When you hear it's a diuretic, what does that actually mean? A diuretic is something that makes you pass more water um, through your kidneys to, to make more urine. So caffeine can make you go to the toilet more, um, but it also is a bladder irritant. So when I was talking about the overactivity of the bladder muscle, caffeine can actually stimulate that as well. Okay, so that's one of the lifestyle factors that you look at. Yeah, yeah. So if there's someone listening today and they're recognising themselves where do they start? Yeah, so I suppose you've mentioned one of the websites, um, oab.ie, that they can go on, learn more about the condition and do a self-assessment. But then I would say go to your GP. Um, I think people are reluctant. I think when you talk about things like this, some people can be embarrassed, but it's it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, so to go into your GP and tell them exactly what symptoms you have and how it's interfering with your life if you're able to go in and say, I think I have OAB, amazing. Um, but don't worry if you can't, if you just have to go in and say, look, I'm getting up three times a night. I need to know where every toilet is when I go out and about, you know, 
the GP will be able to piece all that together and tell you what it is that's going on. And it's hugely debilitating, isn't it? Because it's affecting your sleep, which is affecting your energy levels and your mood in the day. Then there's the stress of the frequency and knowing where the toilets are and planning your life around that. So it is a very debilitating condition. Absolutely. I think sometimes when you hear it first, you think, oh, that's grand. It's not grand. Um, As you said, you know, sleep is, we know sleep is so important for all aspects of our health, but often women are I see women so um, are the low mood sometimes depressed um, you hear women say I actually don't go out for a walk anymore because where I walk there's no toilets and I know I'm going to need to go um, I don't like to go out with my friends because I'm going to be up and down to the toilet and that's really embarrassing you know it really interferes with people's quality of life and that's important yeah because then you're not getting your exercise for your mental health as well as your yeah. overall health you're not seeing people which is so important to our mental health as well and not being open about it. I like that you said it was a kind of a muscle issue and I think if people have their head around that rather than a urine issue that maybe that might remove the stigma. Yeah and I suppose like that's not your fault (laughs) you know there's nothing you're doing wrong as such. Um, It's a a mechanical issue I suppose Um, and it is something that we can do something about. Yeah so what happens you know what is the treatment what goes on in the body can you have a full recovery from this? Yeah probably you'll have some women who we get them to a point where they are much improved and what they'll always say is my quality of life is so much better and that's the aim here. So you go to the GP in the first instance, likely they will refer you to a gynecologist. Now some, you know, if it's a special interest, might be happy to start with the lifestyle changes and maybe some of the treatments, but then they'll probably refer you into gynecology um, ourselves in one of the clinics um, where we can go through all the treatments in full with you. And then there's medication that can manage the condition. Yeah. And as you say, people then feel a lot differently. Is there a psychological impact, do you think, in having a name for something, a treatment plan to follow and even feeling at ease a little makes a big difference? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's having it acknowledged as well that someone's saying, you know, that sounds really awful. I'm really sorry you're putting up with that. Let's do something about it. I think that really helps um, women to be heard um, and to have something done about it. So to finish then on a positive note, what are some of the things that people can do to manage these symptoms? And do you have any advice for them? Obviously, we're saying go to the website, reach out to your GP. There is help out there. But if you wanted to finish on a, on a positive note for people listening, what would you say? I would just say, you know, when you meet a woman and she's saying to you, you know, I haven't, I didn't go to my friend's 60th. Um, I can't walk my dog. I'm not sleeping at night. And she kindly finally took the initiative to go to her GP and come into us. She starts treatment and you see her back in three months and she's saying, you know, I got out three times this week to walk my dog. Um, I was out for dinner during the week. I can't get over it. My life has totally improved. You know, it's incredible. And I think if people realise that that's what's possible um, when you go out and seek treatment for this disorder, then, you know, I hope that really Im- encourages women to, to go out and get something done about it. And I suppose we should look out for our friends a little bit as well. If you have a pal who isn't coming on the walk because she says there won't be a toilet or you're out for lunch and they're up and down, be it a man or a woman, Mm. we could throw out that term. You should go to your GP. I heard this thing. It could be overactive bladder. Worth getting checked out. What's the worst the GP can say? Exactly. Yeah, you know, they might just say, no, that to me sounds normal. Um, But absolutely, if this even just raises awareness amongst other people who don't have it, but who can look out for someone, then that's amazing. Yeah. And as you say, as a medical professional, you've seen it all, heard it all. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's your job to help people. This is your everyday. Exactly. This is 
it's abnormal obviously but it's normal to us like we're totally unfazed by anything I don't know if there's anything at this stage that we see or hear that we're phased by so it's this is just like a broken hand to me do you know good stuff well Dr Sarah Murphy thank you very much for coming on no problem my pleasure thanks so much Claire some fantastic insights there from Dr Murphy so great to have her here in studio with us if any of the symptoms or patient experiences mentioned by our guest today resonated with you you can log on to oab.ie to complete a self-assessment earlier in the series we heard from Dr James Ford who shared how common this condition is in male patients as well as female if that covers you or a loved one make sure to share the series or subscribe now so that you're notified of new episodes and don't forget we'll be hearing from some patients who live with OAB. As we've heard today, it's a common condition and one we should all be more comfortable talking about. So huge thanks must go to our partners, Astalis, for working with us to raise awareness of the condition and how it can be managed. Let's take control of OAB today.